Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining MedTech Talk. It's great to have you here on the show. MedTech Talk, of course, is affiliated with the MedTech Conference. That'll be happening on June 1st in Minneapolis. Uh, tickets are selling, but we'd love you to be there. So go to medtechconference.com for information about the conference and to find out how to register. Again, June 1st in Minneapolis at the Lowe's Minneapolis Hotel. When you're on the website, check out our breakout sessions. Uh, we've done them before. We're doing them again. Uh, a lot of great topics uh, from Fox Rothschild and uh, McDermott, Will & Emery, PwC, and uh, SVB. But one of uh, the, the, the breakouts we're going to highlight today, it's going to be put on by Duval and Associates, Mark Duval, who actually is featured in a, um, a piece this week, uh, a video report put out by Reason.com uh, on the charges brought against Howard Root and Vascular Solutions uh, regarding off-label promotion. So uh, check out the, the, the website, check out his, his breakout session, but find the reason story. We'll tweet it out on our uh, Twitter account, at MedTechTalk, and listen to today's, today's podcast. We haven't spoken with Howard Root, but earlier this year, I did get to speak with uh, Bill Facto, uh, now CEO of Earlens, formerly of Aclarent, of course, a, a great member of the MedTech conference community. Uh, Bill is facing a similar challenge this month in Boston. He is going to be on trial. Uh, regarding some off-label charges uh, pertaining to a clarent. He was indicted last year and uh, has uh, really endured quite a year, but he uh, stepped up at the interview uh, at J.P. Morgan earlier this year and really shared his uh, his take on the whole situation. So go to medtechconference.com, check out the breakout session, and please enjoy this conversation with Bill Facto of Airlines. You uh, you've authored one of the better stories in medtech with the uh, the acquisition of the Clarent. God, it's going to be what nine years ago? Yeah, well, 2010. Uh, oh, did it close 2010? Yeah, right, yeah, I had 2008 yeah. in my mind, but it was yeah. a while ago. It right. Seems like yesterday. Uh, and uh, it was a great return for investors, yeah. uh, and it helped a lot of people. And J and J did did well with the, with yeah. the acquisition. But it's a story that's not quite uh, quite over yet. I was yeah. wondering if you could bring everyone up to speed on uh, on an unfortunate chapter that's being written right now. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely uh, the the book continues. <laughs> and, uh, hopefully, we're getting to the to the later chapters or the ending, but. Uh, uh, I know, as you know, and many, uh, unfortunately, I was indicted in April uh, of last year. Uh, so, you know, I guess I'll state the obvious. Um, uh, number one is if you can avoid getting indicted, that would be a good thing. Write that down. Uh, it's not a fun thing to go through. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I can't, you know, talk to the, to the merits of the case. Sure. Um, uh, although I'd like to. Uh, but uh, discretion is probably the better part of valor here. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to kind of getting to through the process uh, and getting to uh, a day uh, where I can get my day in, in court, which will be in May. Oh, that is coming. Uh, so, uh, so I'm looking forward to it. But uh, uh, it is going to be, I think, a big thing for our industry. So it's one that we're going to want to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think uh, I've got a lot of conviction for the facts in the case, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and they are friendly, but. Um, but uh, we're going to have to go through the process, which is unfortunate. And what was this, what was the center around the indictment? Uh, the, the center of the indictment was really around a regulatory uh, uh, a belief by a U.S. attorney in Boston that uh, that we created fraud on the FDA mm -hmm. uh, by pursuing a 510K that she didn't believe had a viable uh, application. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, we uh, see it differently, um, but uh, uh, but you know, we're going to have to wait until it plays itself out. 
What has the reaction been? Uh, we, we talked about it a year ago when it first came down, and, yeah. uh, and it was before our MedTech conference, and you, you came and you, you had every right to say, no, I'm not going to participate in a panel. Yeah. But you came. You were pretty, pretty uh, courageous and upfront about it, so I'll give you credit yeah. for that. Thank you. But as, that's, as things go on, I mean, you're interacting with people privately. You're having meetings here. You're meeting yeah. with investors and colleagues. What sort of response have you received from folks? Yeah. Uh, it has been uh, under, I mean, it, it's uh, overwhelmingly positive. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it quite frankly is uh, uh, not what I have, would have expected. Um, so I've been uh, really fortunate. Uh, you find out a lot about, you know, I think uh, your, who your friends are. Sure. You go through one of these kinds of issues. And I think that, you know, certainly rings true. So uh, my, bo my board, investors, friends, you know, have been amazingly uh, supportive. So... Uh, so to me, that that is what keeps you going. Uh, you know, you can go two ways in this. You can find the biggest rock and try to hide behind it, or, <laughs> or you you know, look people in the eye and, and say, uh, you know, we feel good about what we created, and and uh, uh, people that know you and trust you, and uh, uh, they've been uh, incredibly uh, supportive. So I've been pleased. And I imagine there's people who think they're but the grace of God go I. I mean, it could. I've, this is an industry that's undergoing more and more scrutiny. Yeah. Uh, do you feel that there's some concern that this may the beginning be the beginning of something for the sector. Uh, I think there's no doubt that there is. I'm hopeful that we can make it the end mm -hmm. uh, if we're successful here, because uh, you know we do live in a in a in a world of uncertainty, uh, highly regulated you know industry, uh, and uh, you know we don't always have the benefit of hindsight as to how these decisions are made, especially in in areas that may not be really clear. So. I'm hopeful that this could help our industry over the long term, uh, but there's no doubt that uh, it's going to have significant implications uh, on what we do. So uh, kind of stay posted. I'm not the only one, uh, you know, you probably know of Howard Root's case. It's actually going to go before mine. So uh, I think these are going to be very, very interesting cases uh, in the medical device world. Hi, Tom here. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Bill Facto. Uh, while you're on the MedTech conference page, sign up for MedTech Talk the newsletter. Uh, we send it out once a week. It's got uh, exclusive reporting by our MedTech staff, including yours truly, as well as uh, podcasts and videos and other information uh, regarding the MedTech community. So uh, sign up for MedTech Talk. And now back to this conversation with Bill Facto. All right. Well, let's focus on what you're doing for your full-time job, which I, is your, your at AirLens. I mean, even prior yeah. to to this experience, you had you, you, you were done with the Clarent. You worth, worked with ExploreMed for a while, yeah. And you kind of adopted the thesis that private pay might be the better way to go, yeah. Uh, and you were looking at opportunities there. How did you happen upon Airlines? Was that while you were at ExploreMed? Yeah. So I had uh, uh, Rodney Perkins, who's the founder of Airlines, had been recruiting me for some time uh, after the Clarent acquisition, and uh, uh, and he. Uh, uh, approached me and at the time I wasn't ready to, to run anything um, uh, immediately. I'd stayed with J&J &J for a couple of years afterward to make sure that the acquisition, uh, you know, uh, transition uh, went through properly. Uh, but I did decide to join the board afterwards. Uh, and uh, um, But that was the time I uh, also joined Josh at ExploreMed as mm -hmm. vice chair. And really our charter at that point was, was to try to find, you know, a consumer um, kind of play with a <coughs> medical um, you know, uh, side to it. Uh, and, you know, we were successful in starting a company or two there. Uh, but when I looked at Earlens, it, it really met the criteria that we mm -hmm. were set out to do. I mean, it is, these are big markets uh, that are continually growing and will grow for some time. 
consumer-focused, uh, uh, direct-to-consumer. Uh, not a lot of options out there. There's a dissatisfaction with the current technology. Uh, and, uh, and these are markets that are, are completely underserved. I mean, only one uh, out of four or five people actually that could benefit from a hearing aid get one. Uh, and then there's no reimbursement issues, all cash mm-hmm. pay out of pocket, which is uh, you know, a major uh, uh, difference, I think, than, than what we see in the medical world uh, where we need people to reimburse. Mm-hmm. What was it? I mean, the, the hearing assistance space is one that uh, medtech folks have looked at for a long time. What was yeah. it about your lens? Can you talk a bit about the product and its approach? Why was it attractive enough to get you to lead the company? So to me, uh, what really separated it uh, were a few things. Uh, you're right in that you know it's been very, very difficult, and, and today there are no large uh, kind of usual suspects of the medtech world that participate in the hearing aid world. And I think primarily it's because the channel has been very, very difficult. So uh, what EarLens brings that I think is different than some of the others are really two. One, it's proprietary differentiated technology. So uh, the, the hearing aid world, which is a large market, there's 11 billion of them sold each year, uh, uh, or 11 million of these sold <laughs> each year. Sorry, that would be really big. But 11 million <laughs> that are sold each year, uh, they all use the same mechanism of action. It's a microphone and a speaker and it amplifies sound. Uh, so there's really not a lot of differentiation there. They're competing in a red ocean strategy, one attribute over another. Mm-hmm. Ear lens is completely different. It doesn't use a speaker. It gets replaced with actual laser uh, that shines light uh, onto a lens that sits on the eardrum. So, Interesting. Uh, so it truly is proprietary differentiated, which is always something that is a attracted me uh, in, uh, in my search of, of uh, uh, technologies and companies that I want to be involved in. And the other is, uh, is going to be the channel. We're, we're going to, you know, we certainly don't want to alienate the audiologists and we're going to do everything we can to, to make sure that they're part of this. But, you know, really the focus is going to be in the ENT channel, uh, which as you know, we know really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a Clarent, we were able to train 6,500 uh, ENTs. Uh, and uh, we think that uh, this is going to resonate with them and, and for a lot of reasons. One, it is, it is completely different. Two, we think that it's going to uh, fill a need or a gap uh, where the current technology doesn't uh, um, uh, address, and that's really providing a full spectrum of sound, including out to the high frequencies, and we're able to give a significant amount of gain before feedback. So a lot of these patients come into the ENT, but the ENTs kind of let them go, uh, and uh, they disappear for a nine, about nine years or so before they get a hearing aid. Uh, and we think that you know we can uh, change that through the relationships and the focus that we're going to have on ENT. So those are the two major differences. Where would this idea fall short? What's the, the biggest hurdle in your way that you need to clear? Well, I mean, uh, anytime you set out to do something that no one else has done before, that, that's going to be risk, right? Sure. I mean, there's a reason. And, and no one's ever, you know, come with a light-based uh, technology before. It is complicated, uh, a lot more so than the, the current uh, technology that's out there. So, you know, but if it performs, as I think, and it has uh, so far, we're getting ready to commercialize. But uh, uh, there is going to be a little more complexity. It's going to be a higher end. Uh, so from a cost perspective, I mean, those are all going to be risks. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think at this point, what we have ahead of us is, is retiring the commercial risk. So it is about commercial execution at this point. Uh, and that's what we got to get through. And it's going to be at a price that you think people will be willing to pay? Uh, you know, not everyone likely will be able to, to pay for it uh, out of the gate, uh, but um, uh, it will be a high-end hearing aid. But at the end of the day, you know, over a three-year period, it's equivalent to kind of $10 a day. So mm-hmm. uh, as we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, when you are faced with losing, you know, one of your senses, it's a big senses, it's a big issue. Uh, and uh, we all rely, you know, on our hearing. And uh, as it starts to 
to diminish over time, uh, there's a, a good amount of people that are really looking for a better option than what they have today. Mm -hmm. So, so I think it's, it's, it's a big market, and we don't have to get much of it to be successful. That's that's. I didn't realize it had a laser component, so that's yeah. really exciting. It must introduce a lot of uh, efficiencies, but some complexities as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Final question. I mean, it, there's uh, medtech is going through um, some some changes and some facing some yeah. challenges. You may have a unique perspective on this, but what is it about, what is, what's the single biggest thing that's perhaps broken in MedTech and that needs to be fixed? Uh, reimbursement. Mm -hmm. To me, you know, having lived the Eclarin experience and, and having to take on the societies and fight the payers uh, for a care that is, you know, clearly better for the patient. Uh, this is the challenge I think we have as our industry. I mean, it used to be if it works, uh, and, and we know it works, right? I mean, this is the beauty of the business that we're in. There's no smoke and mirrors here. Mm -hmm. uh, physicians, hospitals will eventually determine whether or not this works. So what we don't have today is we go through this long process to get finally to market through you know FDA, uh, and then, you know, there's no guarantee that we're going to get reimbursed. And uh, I think the single biggest thing that we can do as an industry is come together and somehow create a way in which uh, our technology, once it gets through that process, has a place to at least then be studied in the real world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at three years uh, after that, if it's not performing, if it's uh, not delivering, uh, then I think that's the time to say that there's no place for it. But right now we're in no man's land. Uh, and uh, the uncertainty creates a, a challenge. And uh, so I think it's, it's backwards. Uh, I think the, the burden of proof should be on us to get it through, show the value proposition, get it through the FDA, get it available. And then I think the burden of proof uh, to not pay should be on payers mm -hmm. and, and CMS. And, uh, and they have the ability to track all these outcomes better than we do uh, by going through and looking at it. And, uh, and I think that we need a, a hunting license to get started. And if it doesn't work, then it won't survive. I mean, that's just the, the world we live in. But, uh, but we got a huge barrier called reimbursement. And payers are uh, uh, they're paid to say no. Uh, the business model is uh, you know, profitability through attrition. And uh, you know, if it's new, it's no. And that's, mm -hmm. a, that's hard. And it's, it's impacting access to, uh, to great technology. That's, a, that's everything. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So. Great. Well, thanks for taking some time today. Good luck yeah. this spring. Thanks. I appreciate it. Great. Take care. Thanks, Tom. Bill Facto, thank you again for joining us and for uh, sharing uh, the challenges facing you. And uh, best of luck with, with Earlens. Uh, it sounds like a great company and uh, look forward to hearing many great things uh, from that startup going forward. And thank you to our MedTech Talk listeners uh, for joining us again today. Don't forget to go to medtechconference.com, check out our agenda, and uh, including the, uh, the breakout session that uh, Mark Duvall will be uh, giving on this entire topic uh, and we'll try to talk to mark uh, at a future podcast and uh, so go to medtechconference.com register for the june 1st conference and we will see you in minneapolis